a house on fire and the people inside don't know it, uh, but you see it and can warn them and save them. How many of you would pass it up? Nobody would raise their hand. Then why, when their house is on fire and you know they're on their way to hell, are you passing up even the very loved ones that you know aren't saved? listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us today. And Pastor, I I think that illustration really is a helpful picture. You know, when we actually can see the fact that people are in danger, we're going to do something about that. When we don't see that, I think it can be easy to not uh, let that kind of drive are sharing Christ with others. So we do need to basically understand where someone's eternity is apart from Christ. We can use that to, in a sense, motivate us to share the gospel with those who need to hear the truth of a relationship with Jesus. Of course. And it ought to motivate us. I mean, do you really love them? Don't you want the best for them? Hmm. And, and we all know what this is all about. We've been put here, you know, whenever... I do a home going or a funeral, and you do know the difference. A funeral is for somebody who doesn't know the Lord. A home going is for somebody who does. And I usually say, look, uh, there are only two kind of people here. Those who came to say, I'll see you later, and those who came to say goodbye. Hmm. If you're not saved, you're here to say goodbye because this person knows the Lord. If you're a believer, you're here to say, I'll see you later. Why do I, why do I uh, give such graphic terms? Why are you so up in people's face about the reality of hell? You hardly hear anything said about hell right. anymore. I mean, we're, we're living in a day where we're getting sermonettes producing Christianettes, and I don't understand it, but, you know, it's like it's a reality. Yeah. An inescapable reality for everyone who rejects Jesus Christ. That makes it a very important message. That's why the Bible says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So what's the gospel? Let me give it to you real quick. It is 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received of the Lord, how that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. That's the message you must embrace. That's the message you must believe. And it's Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I trust that you would become a believer in Jesus Christ. And if you do, Steve's going to give you the number to call right now. Well, yeah, if you'd like to uh, talk with someone about that, pray with them about becoming uh, a follower of Jesus, beginning that relationship with him, the number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. And if you do that, or if you still have questions, you can always come to our website and get in touch with us. Uh, Just come to treasuretruthradio.org, click on the contact link, and let us know you have questions or that you've just recently begun a relationship with Jesus. We'd be so encouraged to know that. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Well, right now, we're going to uh, go to John chapter 1. So join us there as we continue the message, Each One, Reach One. Here's Pastor Ford. Now, anybody know what the average is for unsaved people for their charities? 
4.7, almost double what that is, more than double what Christians give to eternal things. That's a shame. 65% are not involved in any ministry. 65%. And you wonder why we can't get anything done. You wonder why, uh, for example, I had a young family leave because they would come and bring their children to the nursery. Sometimes there wouldn't be anybody there. And there's a church that has nursery every Sunday. And so they said, well, you know what? We're getting the word. It may not be on the same level, uh, but we can sit and listen to the word and our children will be provided for and cared for. Said, hey, I'm not going to argue with you. If that's what God's telling you to do, do what God's telling you to do. That's a shame. You got all these people and you got folk that's not doing anything. And 82% never get involved in corporate prayer. 82%. And we say, no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Awesome prayer, awesome power. Yeah, okay. And so when you look at it, you know, I said, man, we, we ought to tell the truth when we sing. We don't sing these songs anymore, and, and that's okay. Uh, but anybody remember a sweet hour prayer? Anybody remember that? Anybody remember we love to tell the story? Uh, anybody remember we're marching to Zion? I, I just did some things. Where I, said, I said, you know what? We might as well sing the truth. Uh, sweet hour of prayer, and don't come to prayer meeting. We love to tell the story, but we never talk about Jesus, not the gospel, only the gossip. We're marching to Zion. We don't march to Sunday school. Amazing grace, and we doubt our salvation. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, and we don't use the one we got. Why should he give us 999 more? Not to talk about him. Onward, Christian soldiers. We all from serving him. We ought to tell it like it is. Sweet seconds of prayer. I love to tell the gossip. I surrender some. Backward Christian soldier. I'm on the battlefield for my agenda. I need thee every Sunday. See, to know what direction your heart is going, watch your feet. Watch your feet. Because your feet tell you the direction. Let me ask you a question. Say, ask us. Because y'all ain't feeling me anyway. Y'all want me to be done with this. Is your Christianity a hobby or a lifestyle? Some of us would have to say, it's a hobby, Pastor. It's a hobby. Third, third, third. Notice the compulsion of the soul winner. Verse 41, 45. Notice what it says. He first findeth. Look at verse 45. Philip findeth. This word findeth literally speaks of a compulsion. Like somebody that's hooked on something. I got to find my brother. I got to find Nathaniel. It's a compulsion. Man, here he's saying, I can't do anything but. Now, get this. I try to find out because where, where are they? John baptized in uh, Bethany beyond Bethsaida. Now, why does John tell us it's Bethany beyond Bethsaida? Because there were two Bethanies. And he didn't want us to get it confused with the Bethany that's outside of Jerusalem. This is across Jordan. Now, most can't find it, archaeologists. So here's what I did. I said, okay, let me give you the numbers, what they say. The least amount of distance, if they're right where it used to be, is 28 miles. 
The, the longest I found was 68 miles. Now, you do the computation because I don't have time. You do the computation in the text and you're going to find out he went 12 hours to find, it took 12 hours for him to find him and bring him back to Jesus. But here's what I do know. When you're traveling back then in Jesus' day, the average traveler would only travel 20 miles in one day. So that means a trip that usually takes 1.3 days, he made it in 12 hours. Was he moving? He was moving. And I'm wondering, do you feel the compulsion? Hey, let me walk through this. I got to drop them. I can't push them. I can't talk about them. But I want to show you just 10 of them. There's 24. I said, I won't have time. I'm not going to take the time to do it, but at least give them a, an overview of it. That, that we ought to be motivated uh, to share a, a compulsion uh, to share the gospel. Why? Uh, okay, here's some reasons right here. Uh, number one, the love of Christ. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. He's saying, God's love is in me and it compels me to tell people you're on your way to hell. How many of you would pass up a house on fire and the people inside don't know it, uh, but you see it and can warn them and save them. How many of you would pass it up? Anybody? Nobody would raise their hand. Then why, when their house is on fire and you know they're on their way to hell, are you passing up even the very loved ones that you know aren't saved? Our own salvation, Romans 1, 15 and 16. He says, listen, I got saved, so I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. I'm going to share it. So the fact that I'm saved, I want other people to say, then the terror of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.11, therefore knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He's saying it's a fearful thing to land in the hands of an angry God. And every sinner, hell, will be heated up according to their sin. He says, verse 4, because of the debt to the world. Romans 1.14, I am debtor. It's a financial obligation. He used a financial term. Why? Because people understand money. You owe me money. He says, I owe you the gospel. Do you feel like the people that you go in the cubicle next to you that you haven't even shared the love of Jesus Christ, do you feel a debt to them? Because of the price paid, he paid for all that all would live. 2 Corinthians 5, 15, Acts 1, 8, because we've been commanded, you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses. We've been commissioned. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, the great commission has become the great omission. Number eight, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, we are ambassadors. We talked about that word. We're ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, because of judgment, seed of Christ, we all are going to give an account. And God's going to say at the judgment seat of Christ, why didn't you lift me up? And on the screen will come the times that you slip past people and the Holy Spirit said, witness, share, and you ignored him. Number 10, because of the trouble it'll bring me. 1 Corinthians 9, 16, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me. What is the woe? I don't know. But Paul said it. He said, man, I'm in a heap of trouble if I don't preach the gospel. And then finally, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19, soul winner's crown, we're going to be rewarded. We're going to be rewarded. 
There's so many compelling reasons for us to preach the gospel, to share you know, what it means to know Jesus with those around us. We're going to get back to this message, Each One Reach One, in just a moment. But, you know, we're able to share the gospel through radio because of your help. To those of you who are giving gifts and supporting Treasure Truth, thank you for doing that. If you've never given a gift before, I want to encourage you to do so today. It's easy. Come to treasuretruthradio.org, click on the Donate button, and there you can give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org, and click on Donate. Here is Pastor Ford. And so Paul says, look, we're going to be rewarded. We ought to be sharing. Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, uh, General William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army, I quote, here's what he said. He said this to his students. If I had my choice, I wouldn't send you to school. I'd send you to hell for five minutes and you come back real soul winners then. And he's right. Remember the rich man uh, in hell, Luke 16, 24 and 25. Remember what he said? Father Abraham, uh, send somebody. I got five brothers. You, you remember anybody who was here for the sermon? Seven things in hell that ought to be in the church. And here, here it is. A passion for lost people. In hell, they don't want people to come to hell. Well, what happened to the fact before we were saved, we say, I don't mind going to hell because I'm going to party with all my friends. You want to see what kind of party it's going to be? Go home, turn on all four eyes of your burner on your stove, sit on it, and party hardy. That won't even begin to give you an inkling of what hell is going to be like. So here's the commitment of the soul winner. Uh, we have the communion of the soul winner, the compulsion of the soul winner. Let me give you these last two. Notice the confidence of the soul winner. You say, what, what's going on? You need to look back in the Greek in the tenses. I, I mean, basically, what, what they're doing, just bottom line, just bottom line, okay, bottom line. They are so sure that they have the truth. They're not biting their tongue. They're not intimidated by Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, Mormons, it doesn't matter. They're not intimidated because they have the truth. Are you confident in Christ? Let me just read what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Listen to what he says to his son Timothy. Now I got to start at verse 10 now but is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who have abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I, I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I committed unto them against that day. Up in your face boldness. Many of us don't have the confidence, sometimes because we lack knowledge, sometimes because we lack fellowship, sometimes because we fear, sometimes it's because we're ashamed. I need to tell you that Jesus said in John 12, 38 through 43, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you, of my Father in heaven. You say, what does that mean? One of the implications of that is this, that when you pray in Jesus' name, he says, don't answer that, that person's ashamed of me. Hmm. We had some brothers here when I first came, Keith and Otis. And uh, they were the dynamic duo. Keith Bozeman is now a millionaire. He's a Hollywood producer. He's a millionaire. And uh, Otis 
uh, is a pastor in Alabama still, I think. Oh, no, that's right. He went home to be with the Lord. He went home to be with the Lord. Yeah, a year and a half ago. But anyway, they go out witness and they would say this. Life is short. Death is sure. Sin is the problem. Christ is the cure. So we were out. They used to go out with me, just the three of us. And Otis said that. And a guy said this. He said, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to show you how short life is. <laughs> That's what he told him. You know what Otis said? He quoted scripture. He said, now, I'm not going to intrude, but I'm on public ground. And so I'm just going to stand here and talk about Jesus. And that's what he did. He stood here and talked about Jesus. You know what scripture he quoted? Don't fear him who's able to kill the body. Fear him who's able to kill body and soul in hell. That's it. Yeah. It's like we don't need to be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Let me get this last one. I'm sorry, last two. Communication of the soul winner. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Notice what the soul winner communicates. Uh, look at verse 41. He first found his own brother Simon, said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, notice his message. We have found him the Messiah to Christ. Listen to Philip. Philip found him Nathanael and said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Did you get it? Can I move on? I don't, I don't need to elaborate, do I? I don't need to elaborate. Let me ask you a question. Did both of them bring somebody to Jesus? Did both of them have the same depth of biblical knowledge? No. No. Andrew just had a basic understanding. Jesus died to save us. He's the Messiah, the promised one who came to save us. Look at Philip. I wrote it down. Philip, first of all, talks about his deity, because that's what Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets. And then he talks about his prophecy. That's what the prophets prophesied about. Then he talks about his geography. Uh, then he talks about his biology. Then he talks about his genealogy. Let me say it again. He talks about his deity, his prophecy, his geography, his biology, and his genealogy. But both were able to point to Jesus and bring somebody to Christ. I wrote the scriptures down. I'm not even going to quote them because you know them very well. 1 Corinthians 2, 2, and I desire to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. John 12, 32, Jesus said, if I, even I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. So I'll forego my discussion that I had on invite them to church. Yeah, every fourth Sunday is family and friends day. Invite them. Yeah, but that ain't the gospel. Yeah, invite them to a choir, concert, a missions service, but that's not the gospel. What's the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Everybody ought to know that by heart. I delivered unto you that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Now, notice last, the convert of the soul. I'm just going to focus on Peter here. Think about who Andrew is bringing to Christ, the one that has the keys to the kingdom. Uh, the one that Jesus will say at my resurrection, tell Peter and the other disciples. Uh, the one who was always first when the 12 are listed. 
uh, the one who preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. The one whose very shadow, when people walked under it, they were healed and he would touch people, his handkerchief would fall on people, they'd be raised from the dead. This one who wrote First and Second Peter, the one who schooled John Mark and told him about, it's not over just because you failed him, I failed him. He never knew. Me and Ray talk about it all the time. He didn't know when he was leading that drug pusher to Christ what God was going to make me a pastor of a church, on and on it goes. You know, all the things that God has done, I ain't got time to talk about them. And so what happens here? It is you don't know. Proverbs eleven thirty: the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. That's what the Scripture says. I, I close, and you've been so kind to me. I've read this to you before, too. This is from a pastor who is from Rwanda. He was told, renounce Christ or die in the morning. So that night, he wrote this. The next morning, they killed him. Here's what he said. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, chintzy giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I now live by presence, lean by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My God reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, diluted, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, meander in the maze of mediocrity. I am a disciple of Christ. I must go until heaven returns, give until I drop, preach all I know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get me, he will have no problem recognizing who I am, my colors will be clear. Well, I hope that your colors are clear today, that when he comes, you're so recognizable as belonging to Christ. You know, maybe you've been listening to the program for some time, and you can't say that that's true of you. You've got some doubts about that, or maybe you even know for sure that you don't know God in that way. You don't know Jesus. And we'd love to talk with you, to introduce you to him. There's a great toll-free number you can call, no cost or obligation. Someone just wants to you know, share the gospel with you, introduce you to Jesus, pray with you, answer questions about him that you may have. That number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Well, thanks for listening today. I do hope you make it a point to tune in next time as we look at the topic of why do people reject Jesus. I also want to say thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.